welcome to The Classroom Revolution, the podcast where we ignite change, foster growth, and transform the way you teach. I'm Heather Cahoon, your guide on this journey to empower and support educators just like you in navigating the challenges and the triumphs of teaching. Each episode, we'll dive deep into practical strategies, innovative ideas, and the very heart of education and what that means. From mastering classroom management to nurturing your own well-being, I am here to equip you with the tools you need to thrive in and out of the classroom. Join us as we explore new horizons in education, build a supportive community, and revolutionize teaching together. Are you ready to be a part of the change? Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Classroom Revolution. Just to start, I want to say I have shifted from talking exclusively about ballet to talking about educating in general. So there will be some episodes on dance and sports performance in the future, but I'm going to be opening up my umbrella a little bit wider and covering some more topics. Today, we'll be exploring the fascinating world of metacognition. So to start, I want to tell you about a pivotal point in my life where I went from mediocre performance in dance to massively improving that performance within a year, heck, even within a few weeks, based on metacognitive practices that I didn't even know I was engaging in at that time. This is such an amazing tool, and it can dramatically change student and teacher output and efficacy based on their ability to do it effectively and to use it frequently. So when you're trying to understand metacognition, you want to think of it as it's most often described as being thinking about thinking. We're talking about the breakdown of processes that are used to plan, monitor, and assess an individual's own understanding and performance. Self-awareness developed through metacognitive strategies will help to foster one's ability to think and learn and to be generally aware of how one would view themselves as a thinker or a learner. How did I practice this in dance? When I realized that my performance was suffering due to my lack of initiative in the studio and outside of it, I had to take a step back and I had to think, what was I doing and what could I do better? This led me to the realization that I had no idea what steps we did in class. And these are classes that I'd been taking from the age of three until that time I changed my habits starting around the age of 12. So my first step was acknowledging I needed to learn the terminology, what it represented, and how it could be correctly executed. I was smart enough to know I would likely forget everything that was discussed during class, so I started bringing a notebook, and I wrote down everything that I was unsure of as quickly as I could in between combinations using phonetical spelling, even knowing it was wrong because I would make that extra effort to find the correct spelling later when I could take the time to look it up at home. Then I would use the mirrors in the studio. I wrote down corrections and I would give myself one to three things to work on for the week. When I felt confident I could correctly execute that step or quickly fix it mid combination, Then I would move on to training my body in other areas the following week. I also watched videos, I looked at pictures, and I read books. I did everything I could to use as many parts of my brain and my body as I possibly could, slowing down steps until I could find 
where I might have been going wrong in my work and fix it consistently. All of this represents the practice of metacognition. I was evaluating my own thought processes and how they were influencing my dance technique. It showed to be incredibly effective and ultimately led me to a professional career in ballet, something that no one in my life, no one would have anticipated being my outcome from my youth. Historically, metacognition as a study is somewhat recent, starting in the 70s and coined by the American developmental psychologist John H. Flavel. Metacognition was defined as knowledge concerning one's own cognitive processes and products or anything related to them. Flavel initially described metacognition as consisting of both metacognitive knowledge and metacognitive experiences. This laid the groundwork for understanding how individuals think about their own thinking processes and how best to regulate that. Since this time, metacognitive practices have been studied and how it can increase a student's ability to learn, remember, problem solve, and make decisions. More recently, to transfer their learning to new tasks. The Journal of Educational Psychology found that the students who used metacognitive strategies while studying had better recall and comprehension of their lesson material. Another study involving high school science students showed that incorporating metacognitive activities into their curriculum led to significantly improved scientific reasoning and conceptual understanding. Students engaged in activities such as predicting experiment outcomes and reflecting on their own learning processes. This had a pretty profound impact on education as incorporating metacognitive strategies into curricula and teaching methods helps to improve student learning outcomes and a student's ability to control their own learning potential. Metacognition involves two key components in the classroom. You're looking at metacognitive knowledge, or the awareness of one's own thought processes, and metacognitive regulation, the ability to effectively manage those processes. As an example, if a teacher is trying to apply metacognition to improve their own practice, they could take three steps in this approach, planning, monitoring, and evaluating. To start, the teacher can reflect before a lesson on which strategies worked well in the past and then anticipate potential challenges that may arise. An example of this could be a history teacher knows that students struggle with remembering dates. <laughs> So they might plan to incorporate a timeline organizer activity that will visually map out historical events and timeframes, making it easier for the students to remember this later. In monitoring, a teacher can assess the effectiveness of their lesson in real time. If students seem confused, say during a math lesson, the teacher might pause to ask more probing questions to fully gauge the student's understanding and then adjust their teaching approach in that moment. In evaluating, after a lesson, the teacher can reflect on what proved to be successful. What could be improved? This could be with the use of student feedback, test scores, formative assessments, or just personal observations that can benefit you in your future lessons. Always make the space for that time to reflect. When trying to foster a metacognitive environment for students, you will want to consider these same three elements planning, monitoring, and evaluating. 
but from the perspective of how it applies to the student. To start, students will benefit from thinking about how they will approach a learning task. They can set goals for what they want to achieve in this learning. For example, before starting a research project, a student might decide to begin with a broad search to understand the topic and then narrow it down to the sources that they find most relevant. This is also beneficial in the use of student autonomy and choice and making it more relevant to them, other elements of education that we know to be effective. For student monitoring, students should take opportunities to check their understanding and adjust strategies that they are using. If a student is practicing language skills, maybe they'll realize, much like in my dance classes, they're not retaining the vocabulary as much as they need to. They can try to supplement their learning with flashcards or an app to help them memorize the most important and frequently used words in that language. For evaluating, the student would evaluate the completion of a task or a test. You can give the students tools to reflect on their performance and whether or not their learning strategies prove to be effective. Often they don't reflect on this and they do what seem to work forever, but unfortunately struggle with what to do when that one thing doesn't work. This will be so helpful for those students, say when they get a lower grade than expected on their essay. Maybe you can help them through this process where they can review their work and realize that they didn't fully address the prompt that was given. They may decide to pay closer attention to instructions in future assessments. An important element of that for us teachers is to make sure that we are providing valuable feedback so that students can go back, look at the work that they did, and help to make these informed decisions to improve in the future. I always think it helps to talk about the ways that these practices could be instituted in practice. A few other strategies that may be beneficial that I highly recommend you put into practice starting tomorrow for yourself and your students would be self-questioning. Encourage your students to ask themselves questions before, during, and after learning something new. This might look like students asking, what do I know about this topic already? Do I understand what we just read or is it still unclear? Or maybe, what did I learn today after the lessons are complete? While teachers often use these questions throughout their school day, it benefits the students to know why you are asking these questions. Don't be afraid to have those conversations. This can directly translate into the process of a think aloud. This is where the teacher would model their thought processes out loud while solving problems. It helps the students to see that they can apply that approach to their own problems, thus transferring this knowledge. It can involve something like a science teacher working through a complex experiment step-by-step. Step. While this science teacher is working through the experiment step-by-step, step, thinking aloud, explaining their own reasoning and adjustments based on observations that they are making. The benefits of metacognition being a part of your classroom and your life is hopefully becoming clear. But just to make sure there's no question, the role of metacognition is to enhance understanding and retention. Research shows that when students are aware of their own learning processes, they can take the wheel themselves and use effective strategies that will enhance their own learning potential. Metacognition also allows learning to approach the problems they will inevitably face in a more systematic way, evaluating different strategies and able to monitor their own effectiveness. 
leading to more efficient and successful problem solving. And in turn, you're creating more confident learners. Additionally, these practices provide adaptability for students in new situations. This is because it is centered around reflection and adaptation. The students become adept at applying their knowledge to these new and varied contexts, sometimes so crucial in today's fast-paced world. Additionally, education should be centered around the idea of creating a love for lifelong learning. Learning does not end in the classroom. Support your students' love of learning and knowledge. Metacognition provides the support as it helps students self-regulate, meaning they're setting goals, planning out their own learning, monitoring their processes, adjusting, etc., but also helps with student motivation and engagement. A student being capable of understanding their own process of learning can increase their motivation, their confidence, and ultimately something that all of us teachers deeply crave, that student engagement. If the students can see these positive impacts in their learning, they are more likely to persist and develop the growth mindset that they so desperately need. So I want to leave you with a few important questions that you should consider. How often do you reflect on your own teaching strategies and their effectiveness in facilitating learning? Can you recall a moment when you had to adjust your teaching approach based on student feedback or outcomes? What prompted that change in you? How do you assess your students' awareness of their own learning processes? What specific strategies do you employ to foster metacognitive skills among your students? I will make sure to have a link in the show notes for metacognition worksheet that my fellow educators can use to work through these questions and more. You can find that at theclassroomrevolution.com forward slash metacognition. This is all about growth, and there is no better feeling than knowing you are continuously learning and growing, except maybe knowing that you are fostering that in others as well. Remember, even for the parents listening, this applies to more than just academic settings. These strategies enable the students to see the massive potential that they have within themselves to be the autonomous and powerful beings in this world that we know that they can be, advocating for their own growth and learning. I would love to know your thoughts on this topic, any personal stories or experiences that you have regarding it, or just anything else that you'd want to chat about. You can find me on Instagram at The Classroom Revolution, or shoot me an email at hello at theclassroomrevolution.com. I've also created a Discord server for all my fellow educators to connect and chat about these important topics and work through them together. I'll make sure the link for that is up in my show notes as well. So just to leave you guys for today with all that we talked about, thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I really do love producing information that I believe can be massively helpful for everyone out there. I am so grateful that you took the time to listen to get to this point and just keep thinking about your thinking and I'll see you next time.